Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. In this episode, Michael Kruklinski, head of real estate for Siemens Gas and Power and Siemens USA, Siemens Real Estate, discusses Coworking Goes Corporate, How Can Businesses Create More Collaborative Spaces? Good afternoon. I'd like to welcome you all here to the workplace uh, discussion here at the Innovation Pavilion. Uh, my name is Michael Horton. I'm with Callison RTKL. We're happy to be sponsoring this event today. I'm obviously not the person you're here to see. Um, I'm happy to introduce uh, here with us today Michael Kr Michael Krakinski. Close enough. Uh, he's going to talk to us about the exciting topic of co-working. So welcome. Thank you. What I'm going to discuss today is I'm going to talk about um, the oops, there we go. How co-working is adapted for corporations. Um, I think we have a couple of co-working companies around here, so we can look at that and what that means for our office environment. I'm, again, as you said, Michael Kuklinski. I'm responsible at uh, Siemens Real Estate for the US portfolio, as well as the energy portfolio worldwide. It's about uh, 30 plus million square feet portfolio worldwide. Um, we own 50%, release 50% of our portfolio, 50% is is office and 50% is, is industrial portfolio. How did we derive at this point that we wanted to look at co-working? Technology is changing, changing how we live. I always use the example that um, when, I, um, when I take my, uh, goes to eat somewhere, when I, when I have to go somewhere, I would never call a cab. But today you call, you get called Uber, you call Lyft, technology changes. I have a lot of friends that uh, one of my passions is racing, and I got a lot of friends that are in the, in the racing field and IndyCar and NASCAR and so forth. And what I hear there is that some of even those that are in that industry, uh, people don't want to have a driver's license anymore. I talked to one of the race car drivers and his 15-year-old daughter doesn't want to get a license anymore. And uh, I said, why not? And she said, well, when I'm, when I'm driving, I can't text anymore. Um, or can't be on social media. So things change, or things change how we own things and how we own cars or how we, how we utilize um, our, our property. So that's why you have new companies out like Airbnb, um, for example, and others here. How did we get there at, uh, at Siemens? Um, we looked at uh, the need in our company evolving, constantly evolving. It went from uh, on-demand spaces where we have, uh, we'll, we'll look at desk sharing and then we take it to the next level of co-working. I'm gonna talk about this a little bit more. But technology plays a big role for us in this as well in order to come up with how much space do you actually need in your, in your company. Um, so we are deploying sensors, you do, we are deploying uh, lighting, different lighting systems, automated HVAC systems. Obviously within Siemens we have sub subsidiaries and other divisions that are also supplying this, and uh, so we're trying, obviously, to utilize also the technology that we that we have. And what you see here, as I think, is very interesting. It's like a, a heat map that we created with one of our with one of the technologies to see how space actually used. In this example, we were trying to go to a desk sharing uh, environment, and the management said we need all these spaces, and we installed sensors and to measure this actually and get objective data for the next over a period of three months. And what we found is that there's maximum 60% utilization in that space, 40% vacancy. Before that, whenever we did count and looked at, people said, well, 
it's a snow day or it's a holiday or whatever it is, and you picked the you picked the wrong day. But now we had three months of data and looked at this, and we took it a step further in that too because we couldn't convince the management there still to go to a desk sharing. Um, we asked the CFO to stay at home for an entire week, work from home with the finance department, and they did, and they didn't see any loss of productivity. Um, so sometimes we take some interesting methods, uh, I think, to get people to agree to, to try something new. For me personally, I haven't had an office with my name on it for over 20 years now. I can't even think about having that personalized and having, having an office where I would go to all the time. Um, but it takes, I think, from the top down, you sometimes have to prove it that this was possible. As I said, when you look at space, um, this is always the same question, how much space do you actually need? And then the technology takes, takes the guesswork out. We have gotten pretty sophisticated at Siemens now that we look at job families, um, that we don't do one size fits all anymore. We go to the point that it's not, when we started this, we went with a one to 1.3 desk sharing ratio. Um, but we figured this, this didn't work well, not for all the, diff all the functions that we have. And so we got it really down to the job family. You have some job families where you want to be at a one-to-one debt-sharing -one, uh, ratio, and you have some others where you want to go to a one to 3.0 because salespeople, to be honest, you don't want them in the office. Um, so we have adapted and learned, we learned really how to, how to handle this. How have we evolved in this environment? We started from, obviously, from a cubicle landscape like everybody else, and then we went to uh, more debt-sharing. We experimented with this. We have a lot of experience with this now. We've done this for close to 10 years that so we've started with the first ones. And the area where I was most surprised is when we implemented this, I, I thought South America would be very difficult for us to implement this, but it's actually fairly easy to do it there. The most difficult market for us to do this was in the US. Finally, I have my office. Finally, I have a window. Finally, whatever. To really to get rid of that and to drive change was the most difficult. So whenever we drive change, as you see this evolution, change management goes, goes hand in hand. You have to work together with IT, you have to work together with HR to get to, um, get to this new environment uh, that you want to get to. And you sometimes have to drag these functions, uh, functions along there and uh, we take the lead oftentimes to get to this. We involve the teams very early in the, in the planning process. We're doing an, um, a new office uh, environment right now in, in Atlanta in the Atlanta area, and we are bringing, as we have signed the lease and just have the shell of the building, we're bringing in the teams already to look at blueprints, to look at this very early on. In Mexico City, when we did this, we even, as we were moving also to a new building, that included that we make sure there is a gym close by, or we have preferred memberships there, that we have preferred uh, access to dry cleaning and so, and so forth. So just to make things accessible and the change more comfortable for people. So here you see a little bit depicted some of the, the evolutions that we, that we went, went through. This was a very, very interesting example. It's actually a lobby. One of the things we've also started to do is to take lobby space, which is oftentimes dead, and turn this into meeting space, uh, ad hoc uh, places where, where people want, want to work. Um, in Princeton, uh, New Jersey, we have a research center, and we came very close to actually tearing down the whole building and said this is not suitable any, anymore. Um, but with some really creative planning and with, with some partners and together with the teams there, we were able to turn that old building into something very interesting again and did not have to, did not have to tear this down. 
that was also a good example where we have R&D teams, and they say we need our assigned desks, we, we can't get, get rid of this. And what we, what we did there is we observed actually how they worked every, on an everyday basis. And that what they really needed were project rooms. Project rooms with a lot of LAN connections, project rooms with a lot of um, power outlets, which they didn't have before. They did actually not need the assigned teams, the assigned seats, because they worked in teams. So we took it then to the next level, as we saw a lot happening in the, in the market here. I said already this potential dy dynamic space design. What do, I mean, what do I mean by that? We installed sensors because oftentimes when you start to plan a new location, a new site, you go through how many people are going to be there, what's going to be the growth, then you find a way to, then you find a location, then you sign a lease, and you do the planning. And a year has passed before you actually move in. Well, the business has changed already in that, in that time frame. And you might need different meeting rooms. You might need different setups there. So what we do is we install in every new site now, we install sensors and actually measure how is it used. Do I have the right amount of large meeting rooms? Do I have the light, uh, right amount of small meeting rooms? Do I have the nice, do people actually use the high tops? What kind of setup do they use? And so you can adapt very, very quickly. And then the latest is, I'm going to come to that, is co-working. We saw a trend. I said already it takes a long time, sometimes for us, up a year or sometimes longer, from idea or growth identification to finding a site to go up and running. The business needs space very quickly. So very quickly they wanted to see, uh, they jumped on this bandwagon of, of co-working. We had a few sites where businesses um, signed leases or we, we got memberships in these co-working spaces. And um, I have to say it's not, for a company like Siemens, I don't think it's the most suitable space. The advantage is it's up and running very quickly. Um, you have flexibility. But as Siemens, you have a lot of IP to protect too. And the space requirements or the space that people are used to that work at Siemens it's a little bit more per square foot than you sometimes get with a, with a membership in, in you know, some of these co-working spaces. And we ended up having co-working spaces where you needed at least one and a half memberships per workspace, and you ended up having things actually enclosed. So you started to defeat the purpose that you were to begin with in these kinds of spaces. But we saw a trend developing there. Um, the space was superior. We saw that... Uh, we needed to do something different with our space. We needed to give flexibility. So the CFOs that we dealt with in, within Siemens liked the idea that they didn't have to sign up anymore for three or four uh, years uh, or five years that they got one-year memberships. They were quickly in and out. Um, we also, when we designed these spaces, we, went, uh, we did not use our typical interior designers. We did not use our typical architectural firms. And when we launched our first project in Boston, I told my um, responsible for the Boston area, I said, go with somebody totally new that we have never dealt with, go with different furniture, and go totally outside of what we, typi what we typically do. And when you invite that uh, architectural firm or whatever, and you have to explain what co-working is, and then move on to the next one. Um, so it was very interesting to go through this. It took a little bit longer than, uh, than we thought. We also had to convince management because now we've signed a lease in Boston for seven years, and we only have one year guaranteed that somebody from Siemens is going to sit in there. Um, so we're taking a lot of risk at the end of the day. The benefits for the business is that they have quickly in and out. They have a one-year commitment only. Um, 
but they have to pay a price for that too. So they pay probably a little bit more per square foot than, than they normally do. And we as real estate decide where the location is. There was a big change, change as well. Because ultimately, if they don't renew the membership, we need to be able to bring in external. And that's, what we, that's why we have to select the, um, the location there. Um, we have concierge servers. We are offering everything else that you are used to when it comes to uh, leasing uh, or, or getting, getting memberships there. We have the first one up and running. And uh, on the next page, you see one of our, uh, you see some of the pictures here. Um, this is Scott, responsible for the Boston area. And this is actually Barbara Hampton. She's our Siemens US CEO. She came to the opening there was very impressed and has become one of our biggest biggest fans there. Um, and we actually use the same, we have an on-site on community manager just like what you would see in a co-working space and we actually use the same same sub that uh, that we work is using so uh, we didn't have to train or educate them, they, they you know, we work trained them for us already. Um, and you see what we have, there are 50 plus memberships and we sold them out very very quickly actually to the fact that our next location is gonna be Chicago. We're gonna do the same thing there, have another co-working space there. And we see this really as a trend for the major cities that we have this more flexible space uh, for Siemens employees, the advantages of short-term memberships uh, for, for the businesses and meeting spaces that, that, that are available and some representative space that you can actually also bring a, bring a customer. Here's a, hopefully this works now, a short video of that. This is a fantastic day for Siemens. We're opening our first co-working space here in Boston, but also obviously the first one here in the in the US. Hey. <laughs> Siemens has a number of operations in in Boston, in the Boston area. It has for a number of years. I believe over 2,000 employees. So we felt like this was a great environment to bring people together here and, and experiment with this and have this new environment for everybody. Bringing people together into a single space gives us the chance for rapid collaboration. Teams can gather together and work on problems. We have Mentor, we have MindSphere, uh, both sort of on the software side. Siemens Financial Services and even Siemens Real Estate, all co-located here in Boston. We spend so much time in this environment in the office here, so we also want to create a space where you want to be. We're using an app called Comfy that allows you to adjust the lighting in your individual area or in the space, or even to adjust the temperature. Even if you start the day off in a bad mood, but once you're on the floor and the view and the people that you're working with really brings out the good vibes. I appreciate very much the generous uh, common spaces as they offer a big room for people getting together, for example, at the kitchen, at the coffee machine, and with all the snacks and <laughs> all the possibilities to um, mingle with other people. Boston's the place to be. Everything is kind of right at your fingertips. Culture here is spectacular. It's definitely, you know, a melting pot of the world for sure. So if you're here working in Boston, you have the opportunity to take advantage of flexible workspace that's right here and available to all of us. Barbara really has become one of my biggest, biggest salespeople. Um, yeah, we created also different nomenclature for this. Uh, we have the clubhouse where you come in. We, you have uh, the growth where you, where you sit, um, the garden. So we try to be creative, something that you typically don't see, I think, in a corporate environment. Um, and has been, like I said, has been very, very successful for us. And so that we even launch it into, into different cities now. 
Um, I think at the end of the day, this will help us also attract the talent because we, as Siemens, we're growing more and more into a software company and competing with other software companies. So it's very important that we have attractive spaces and other spaces than what you typically have in, in, uh, in larger, larger corporations. So with that, that gives you a little bit of an overview of what uh, we have done, what our trend is, and I think uh, this gives us a little bit of time if you have any questions. Can you speak up a little? It's very loud from behind me. Thank you. We opened up our own uh, co-working uh, center internal to our organization as well in Toronto, very similar to the pictures we saw here. We only opened it about a month ago, so it was too many days to tell. But one of the questions I'm asked uh, frequently about if I'm worried about usage. So. When employees have a home office, and this is an additional office, an additional choice to either their home office or otherwise teleworking, working at home, what's the case for them to come to the co-working center instead? Thank you. Yeah, a, couple, a couple of things with, with respect to that. What we have seen is um, when we first had Siemens Real Estate experimented with co-working space, that it was that there was vacant space and you turned this into something nice now and put nice furniture in and all that and call it co-working and hope that people show up there. What we're doing here with Boston and in Chicago is you don't have another office anymore. You don't have another desk anymore anywhere else. This is it. This is it where you have your, have your membership. So you don't have this that you're paying twice or the business pays, pays twice for that. I think that was the biggest, uh, biggest change there for us. Hopefully that answers it. Yes. I mean, I was just interested in when you implement the co-working, does that change your FTE or your benching metric for your dedicated sites? Yes, it changes it. And uh, because it, those that are now assigned to the to co-working space don't have a seat anymore. They're, they're fully assigned, yes. Yes, you don't have, you don't have both anymore. It's not, not in addition. Um, I think if we go to, you know, if we have six or ten cities at some point, it might be a little bit different because then you also can come as a guest into some of these other locations. It might be a little bit, little bit different there. But our idea was that you give up what you currently have and become a member when, when you get a membership there. Only this way you actually save cost, and that's what really what it is about. And when we talk about the co-working space, if we don't talk about desk sharing or any, any of that anymore, you buy memberships, and we have to manage it then. You also have to understand that uh, Siemens Real Estate is a P&L. We have a we're, we're a profit center, um, so it's very different from any of the you know any other real estate or corporate real estate organization. So, when I said we signed a lease for seven years, uh, when they only sold 50 memberships for one year, I take the risk for six years and what I do with that what do with that space. It's not going to get spread later on across the divisions. If there's a loss, then uh, it comes out of my comes out of my profit. I'm curious to know if you had any HR change um, issues related to the co-working space, i.e., do you serve beer there? Can people wear flip-flops? Does the same dress code apply? Those are some of the things that we're currently looking at. So I'm curious to see how that challenge was faced with your, te your team. Okay, maybe if the co-working space would, in would be in Bavaria, you would have beer there. No, we don't have, we don't have beer there. Uh, so no alcohol in, in there. 
Um, dress code, we didn't address it, to be honest. We didn't do anything special there from a dress code perspective. We didn't do anything special also from an, from an ASR perspective because it was not the first time that we had implemented already desk sharing, with clean desk policy, and all those things we've gone, at least for those people that have, that have moved into Boston, have gone through this kind of change program already. So it was not something that we had to do uh, especially there. Any other questions? On your study of creating user profiles, because I understand the heat mapping, and I think that that's great. Did you, on those user profiles, I would assume that there are certain departments that make up a user profile. Is that different per location? Um, and then have you like cross-referenced that to the actual real estate decision, which is like whether it's a suburban site or a, a city site? If I understand you right, from user profile is so the job families, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. So it's it's the same across the businesses. So if you look at when we when I talk about job families, so it is certain HR functions, or is it accounting functions, or is it sales functions, or is it IT development? That's what we look at at, at job families. Yeah, so the question is if there's a difference between Boston and Texas. There is, but not when, we, when I think when we talk about the job families. We are, we're not differentiating uh, when, it, when it comes to that. But when we have a new job family or when we see a challenge somewhere, um, we do studies. Like I said, in Princeton with the, with the R&D team that we have there, we did actually a study and see how they actually worked because there was resistance there. And once we understood that, then we were able to design the space very differently and still you know, go with the desk sharing and then do this with this kind of environment. Do we still have time for one more question? Or one more. So since you are basically charging memberships to you know, the other parts of the Siemens organization, do you know, in Boston, do you know how you compare relative to their alternatives of going to a, you know, a Regis or a Convene or one of the others? Yeah, so when, when I actually I had to take this to the manage, to, to the board to get the investment approved because there is a high risk actually involved involved in this for us because like I said we're signing a seven year lease only have one year where we know we have members there um, and that was one of the questions that I had present to, present to the board I said what what do we would we pay or what do others pay you know to some of the other companies like if we work or others that are that are around there so we did a market market study and compared that. Um, we are charging more, um, but we feel like when we made our case, it's not that much more that it would be, you know, un unattractive. But the, comp the our businesses get an advantage too. So you have the um, the Siemens network there makes it easier. You have um, IP protection, which is important for us, especially we have our software bus businesses in there. That was very important there. Um, so there's a, there's a couple of things that, and you have more space because like I said, and uh, I've seen how, you know, how many, what you get for a membership and per square foot wise, um, I know the co-working spaces don't look at it that way, but um, our employees are used to a certain, you know, space there. And uh, so there was an, wasn't enough advantage for the business that they say we pay the little premium and go with the Siemens co-working space because they didn't have to, they didn't have to do this. No beer, no, no beer. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for tuning into What's Next. Have an idea or point of view? Want to record a podcast of your own? Visit cornetglobal.org slash podcast.